You're listening to Rockland Community Church, connecting all generations to Jesus. This is, uh, this is the time of year where a lot of us uh, in church, we get up and remind everybody that the reason for the season is Jesus Christ and um, all the other things about the season, the, um, some of the songs, the trees, the food, the, all that can be trappings of the season that can actually distract us from the main reason for the season, Jesus Christ, what God has done through Christ. And I, I do have to ask myself this to say, um, do we really have something better as Christians? Because, let's face it, the Christmas season here for Westerners or Americans especially has some pretty great stuff about it. We've got, uh, like, I, the whole world just sort of looks beautiful, like you've just got lights everywhere, trees and wreaths and candles and all these different things. You've got all the smells of the season, my, at least for me, my wife loves to bake and so our house is just, just smells like awesome food for like two months. She starts in the fall, it's fantastic. Uh, we got candles going all the time as well. We watch um, every single Christmas movie. We have a list of like 30 that we just pound through and me and my wife and kids, we watch those. There's so many songs of the season as well um, <clears throat> that are, are great songs just to kind of listen to and everything, but then it has that little nostalgia added to it where you go, oh, this reminds me of, you know, when I was growing up or something like that. Sometimes we get free time to just be with family and friends, and um, if it's cold like it is here, I'm from Texas. It is not cold in Texas right now, I'll tell you. I had a buddy text me, and it was 59, and he was saying it was shivering. That was the day that it was negative 14 here, by the way. Um, so I, I love it when it's cold like that and you just, you can stay in, turn on the fire, get under the blankets, have your dog laying across your lap, things like that. And, um, I, I know it can be hectic, but hopefully you do what I try to do every year, which is Christmas day, just, I sort of just stop life for a little bit and just sit and I'm just present and just trying to sort of take in the day. And a few days after that as well, there's something that just slows down. That's really cool. For maybe older kids, you got schools out. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to take tests. If there's any friend drama or anything like that, you can maybe put it off for just a little bit anyway. For you know, some families, you've got uh, what the world offers, a guy with magic reindeer that brings you any present that you might want. I mean, the, the Christmas season, what the world offers is pretty spectacular if you think about it. And then we go, hey, well, don't get caught up in that. It's really about Jesus and what, he, what he's done. And I look and I go, okay, do we really have something better than what the world offers during this season? And the answer is absolutely. Absolutely, that first Christmas what it meant, what happened because of the Jesus Christ being born is so much better than any little high. And I listen, I do all of that stuff. I do all the movies and all the food and all the candles and all the, all the decorations and all the everything. Like, like all that stuff, I love it. It's fantastic. But it's nothing compared to what happened that first Christmas. The first Christmas. Our, our Christmas season is going to end, but what happened that first Christmas is gonna have an impact forever. So I want to show you this from a guy who, um, Jesus had his 12 disciples, but then he had a group of three 
They got to do some different things with him, and one of them actually wrote five books in the New Testament. John, he wrote the Gospel of John, he wrote the book of Revelation, and then he wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. So this is one of Jesus' inner three, like his inner circle, that wrote this, that walked and talked with Jesus. From 1st John chapter 1, it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon, and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So this isn't a text about the events of Christmas, Mary and Joseph and shepherds and wise men, etc. But this is about the significance of Emmanuel, God with us. So what he says, I'll read it again. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon, and we have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest. And what he means here is Jesus says, I am the life. And so what everybody in the first century would have understood is that they are talking about God was made manifest among us in Jesus Christ. That's what they're celebrating here. And listen to what they say. He says, um, we've heard, we've seen, and then it says we've touched with our hands. Like the first thing that John is wanting to make clear is that um, this is actually a formula they would use in the first century in court when you were presenting an eyewitness testimony. This was as rock solid as you could get to say, I heard it, I saw it, I touched, this is true. And so what he's wanting us to know right off the bat is this Christmas thing, is true. It really happened. There really was God made flesh, Jesus Christ, that came, that lived this perfect life, that died, and that rose victorious over sin, Satan, and death. That's what he's wanting to communicate. You can trust me. I walked with him, and I talked with him. And in verse three, it says, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too, and there's two things, may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. He said, because of that first Christmas, here's two things. He says, you have fellowship with every other Christian across the world. And then he says, you also have fellowship, you have relationship with God. So so, um, being a pastor, I get to, I I tend to, my my international travels tend to be mission trips. But when I go, I get to go and I kind of get to go behind the scenes or I get to, like if it's a church service, they'll go, can you stand up and bring greetings from America? And I go, okay, um, greetings from America. On behalf of all Americans, I greet them. You know, so I get up and do that. I get to talk to people after the service. I get to talk to the pastor. I get to just be around, <coughs> be around these people, the missionaries or people in the church. And there's something fascinating that always happens because I know people that live very close to me right here that are other males that are my age that maybe are about the same life stage that have um, you know, been in the States their whole life, that, that we speak the same language, like we have all these things in common. But I'm a Christian and they're not. And then contrast that with the type of relationship I can have when I get to travel and I will go, like I've been, to, I've been to Haiti where they speak Creole. I know no Creole. And so we're going, we have a translator the entire time. Um, they are, you, you talk about a difference between male, female, young, old, rich, poor, the language barrier, the culture barrier, the everything about us is different. But as soon as we find out you're a Christian and I'm a Christian, 
We are in a new family together, and I call that person brother, or I call her sister. One of the things that happened because of that first Christmas is it's not just our family or friends or even extended family. You are part of a global, eternal family that has a perfect heavenly father. And so any place you go and you find somebody that's a believer, you'd be amazed, and a lot of you know this, how quickly, how deep you can go with them. There's an instant bond, an instant connection. It's because God has wired us to say, you're my new family. We're family together. That's one of the things that happened with the first Christmas. The other one was it says fellowship with God. This is a relationship, the word's koinonia, the word, it's relationship with God. You have fellowship with God. So think about this, especially those of us that have been a Christian for a while, we know like it's about our relationship with God. We have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and what he's done because God is holy, I am unholy, Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross and when I trust that as a sacrifice for my sin, I can be in a right relationship with God. But think about that. Like, it, for me, like, I've been a Christian a while, and so sometimes I just forget how incredible that is, that the holy would have a relationship with the unholy. That's what the first Christmas did. John is saying, listen, this really, really happened, that Jesus was really born, that no matter how great you think you are or how bad you think you are, you, you cannot work your way up to be good enough to be perfectly holy like God. And so what had to happen is God sent his son, God came down, that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to us out of love for us. And he has taken us now and said, now you're in a new family. You have people all over the world. It transcends every barrier that our culture tends to put up. It transcends everything. You're in my family together. And you can have a relationship with me, with God himself. And I know at times we can go, yeah, 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 that's nice for really important, really significant people in the culture. But the reality is what happened that first Christmas was he came to the least significant, culturally, least significant people that could possibly be. No one cared about shepherds. They were incredibly unimportant and incredibly insignificant in the first century, and that's where the angels went. Mary and Joseph, do you know how common that name was in the first century? He went to a Mary and to a Joseph, people that we never would have heard of if they hadn't been the ones that raised Jesus Christ. He, went, he used insignificant people like you and like me. That's what he does. And that's the reason for joy. That's why he says we're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So Christians know this. We understand what happened, that a way to true joy has been made that, that supersedes just the season of Christmas, that we're a new family all nations, all races, all languages for all eternity has been made because of Christ and what he's done. A new relationship with our heavenly father for all eternity has been offered. And we know that because of what that happened that first Christmas, because of the life of Jesus Christ, life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are loved, forgiven, accepted, no longer bearing our guilt and shame walking around in this world because of that first Christmas, because Emmanuel, God with us. So the question is, is it better? Is what the culture has, what our, our traditions have, and what um, the Bible offers, which one's better? The first Christmas or the season of Christmas over and over? I hate to break it to you, but at some point, the tree's coming down. 
Mine comes down about mid-May. I don't know when yours comes down. I try to leave mine up as long as I can, <clears throat> as long as Nikki lets me. The lights are going to go down. The toys will get forgotten or donated or something. I don't know what happens over time. At some point, you'll go back to work, and then you'll basically have to catch up on all the emails you missed. And so you'll be working a ton <clears throat> playing catch-up. And we'll just get back to our lives. And the Christmas season gives us some really wonderful traditions. I don't mean to minimize them. It gives us some really, really wonderful traditions. But if we're not careful, all it can do is just sort of numb us to what's happening in the world. And just sort of um, give us a little boost for a little bit. But we know that we're going to jump right back into the world. Christians have something better. That first Christmas has this eternal implication, this soul implication the gospel says that you have a global family for all of eternity. The gospel says we can have a relationship with God. And that should shoot joy into the deepest recesses of our beings all year round, not just at Christmas. So enjoy the lights, but eventually they're coming down. But the gospel says that when Christmas is over, Christ remains.